Welcome to the Dildorks Dorky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and it's been many years since I had actual group sex, but I've had it in fantasy and in dirty talk many times. That almost counts. Who are you, friends? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a porn maker, and I have like a lot of group sex, frankly. Like <laughs> quite a lot, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a few episodes about group sex over the years, but it's been really interesting to me when we come back and revisit topics that we last covered like pre-pandemic or like at the start of the pandemic because like Mm. shit's changed. Like the world has changed. We have changed. Sex has changed. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And I mean, even like pre-pandemic, like I think our earlier on discussions of group sex are very different from the way we're going to talk about it today because I just think... I mean, even in the episodes we've done during the pandemic, but even a little bit before that, I think we have a lot more settled into the things we like and the ways and the reasons we like them. And like, I think when we started this show, we were in a much more exploratory, adventurous, curious part of our sex lives. And that's certainly still true for both of us. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I think we are also like quite comfortable in the things that are a part of our repertoire and the things that we're like, no, I mean, that's fun sometimes, but also I'm tired. I don't, we don't need to, it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love getting older for this reason. (laughs) I really feel like knowing more about what you want and what you do not want is a superpower and it just develops more and more as I get older. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, so we're talking about group sex and threesomes. uh, And so I'm going to start with the question that I like always get asked initially when I bring up threesomes, which is just how how do you find someone? How do you approach someone (laughs) for a threesome or group sex in general? Where where do the unicorns exist? (laughs) Yeah, I get asked this a lot, too, especially back in the days when I was like, quite vocal about having and enjoying threesomes and Mm -hmm. I come at it from a weird situation which is like I feel like most people who are having this discussion like already have a partner and are looking for a Mm -hmm. third I've never done that in my life um Mm -hmm. I've only had threesomes with like friends or fuck buddies where basically the three of us as like separate agents were like Huh, that would be fun if the three of us had sex together. Um, so I've We'd never all collectively to... established that, like, oh, that person is hot. Oh, you also think interesting. Good yeah. to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and certainly there have been times where, like, two of the three had a closer or, like, more established dynamic of some kind than than with the third. But, like, yeah, I've never had a threesome with, like, an actual... Um, romantic and sexual partner of mine, which is that I feel how most people are approaching this situation. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have much advice for that, honestly, but uh, my advice for <laughs> just like finding people in general who might be cool with group sex is like get involved with your local community as far as stuff like munches if you're kinky or um, I know that sometimes like swingers organizations and whatnot will have like munch type things where it's like non-sexual like social meetups um, Mm -hmm. and those happen both online and offline and then also just like if you already have friends and acquaintances who are relatively sex positive or open I think our normal thing of just sort of (laughs) mentioning the thing that you're interested in being like 
what do you think about that? Have you ever done that? Like, I think that that can go a long way. But what do you yeah. think about this? Yeah, agreed. I've always uh, kind of tripped and fallen into most of my threesomes or like had them the same way I have most of my other sex. There just were more people in the room and it was still <laughs> the same energy of like, oh, we're all kind of, oh, we're all kind of in a pile now. Oh, we're all kind of <laughs> in the same way, like. I don't know, you're cuddling with someone watching a movie and you can feel the energy shift towards like, oh, we're going to have sex now. Mm -hmm. Fun. (laughs) That, but just with several more people in the room, like is generally my experience. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think if you are like cruising for a threesome, I would echo what you said in like just finding sex positive communities and that sort of thing. Like, situating yourself in friend groups where those sorts of evenings happen, frankly. Um, Right. And the same way, like, I am not a person who advocates in general, like pursuing, hunting the dating pool for someone to date. I find it easier to live a life that puts me out in the world near people and stumbling Mm. into people. Like, puts me out in environments that I find interesting where I run into people who also find those environments interesting. Yep. Um, That is how I date. Uh, There are other people who, like, work really well with the dating apps or in, like, the casual dating scene and like that is certainly an approach to also finding a third um i would say if you're using dating apps i would be like super clear up front on your profile that this is the thing that you're doing so that the people mm-hmm. who don't want that can avoid that um yep. like don't do the thing where like the first picture is you know if you're a couple with a cis man and a woman in it, the cis woman is the first three pictures and then the man just appears in the third and you're like, oh, this bait. Um, <laughs> he jumped out from the background just like, hey, I'm here too. Suddenly he's just over her shoulder with his arm there like, oh, oh, that's what this profile is. Okay. We saw you from across the room and we really liked your energy. <laughs> right. But like you – you can cruise for threesomes on dating apps uh, Mm -hmm. and there are unicorns or whatever you want to call it, like thirds who are out there cruising for people to have threesomes with. Like I like having threesomes with couples and I know we both have like friend, other friends who do as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's fun to see a hot couple and be like, I want to be a part of that energy. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be in the middle of that for a second. That's cute. Right. Um, so if you are like in a position where you can loudly say the thing that you are looking for, um, in a respectful way, people who are also looking for that will come find you, I think. Yeah, I have been low key unicorn hunted before and Mm -hmm. it's really interesting how many parallels there are between like someone, uh, trying to slot you into their threesome versus like someone just trying to hook up with you one-on-one in a way that can be like a little too aggressive or Mm -hmm. um, dehumanizing. Like a lot of times that I've been approached by couples online about a threesome, it's been less about like, we like your personality and we think that you're fun and, and hot and whatever. Like, and it would be more like, Oh, because you're bi and because you're submissive, you would fit perfectly Mm -hmm. into this specific fantasy we have about these things that we want to do. And I would be like, but I'm a human though. Like, I don't know if you remembered that part. I am not actually a prop. And, um, 
the most fun that I've ever had in this type of situation was when it was two people who like actually knew me and my work and like knew something about like my personality and and the stuff that I'm into and we just had like a flirty rapport that like as you said felt like uh just any other situation where you're like getting to know a new person and developing that like sexy energy with them yeah I think like I think the different like one of the big differences is the difference between like being a human who puts themselves like who has a fantasy of a threesome you've talked about it with your partner you both know it's a thing that you're into you -hmm. put yourself out in the world where you're in situations where you might encounter people who have similar fantasies or they who just enjoy similar things right um and the date that happens for you you're gonna jump at the shot absolutely right um but that is a very different energy to bring to like wanting to have a threesome versus like i'm on okay cupid every weekend hitting up every bisexual girl i can find who will fill this because i need to have a threesome tonight right yeah which like i don't know feels similar to the energy of even just a solo person like i enjoy sex sex is a fun thing i like to have with people i have rapport with and i put myself out in the world where i encounter people a lot versus i need to get laid tonight and mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I need to do to get laid tonight. Like, different energies of, like, different people you want to encounter. And the the latter in both of those instances has a sense of urgency that I think is very likely to feel dehumanizing to the people that you speak to. Yeah, I think that with threesomes in particular, there's, like, a weird dynamic that happens sometimes where, like, inside the couple, sometimes the reason that they're pursuing this experience is that one or both of them doesn't really want to be monogamous or like Mm -hmm. is feeling uncomfortable or trapped in the dynamic in some way or like sexually bored or something like that. And so they're like, this is the solution. And it sort of reminds me of the, the classic thing of like, if a straight marriage is failing, sometimes when people will be like, have a baby that'll fix it and it's like no it won't because you're bringing in another person which just makes everything more complicated and difficult and I think in similar ways like if you are craving a threesome in your relationship um you know that could be for healthy fun great reasons it could also be for reasons that could use a little more examination before you try bringing another person into the picture and having to deal with all your awkwardness and pent-up emotions right because i think like threesomes get held up or group sex in general gets held up as this like blissful fantasy yeah. Of like just overwhelming pleasure. There's hands everywhere and everyone <laughs> is touching something. And like, you know, I don't. My experience of threesomes does not feel wholly distinct from my experience of other sex. Like, yeah. my experience of group sex in general, I'm like, yeah, no, that exists on the same spectrum. It, it, it like, Frankly, often when I've had it, it has been like, oh, you you think they're hot and I think they're hot and we have limited time or I would like to watch y'all fuck or like we want to do a thing that can only be done with X amount of people or whatever. Like it, it's, it's often been a, a practical thing. <laughs> like it's hot. Like it's hot having more of the people I'm attracted to in the room when I'm having yeah. sex, right? Yeah. But like – it's more about 
oh, I, I have a plan that happens to be a threesome or happens to be group sex, but it's because I want these several people in the room or whatever. Um, but I think people who just have this, like, idea of a threesome, just the fact that we are having a threesome being this transcendent, exciting, magical, fantastical sexual thing that you have to hunt and seek out or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's not a great mindset to go into it with because you're setting yourself up for disappointment, I think, frankly. Yeah, I think it takes on this sort of like magic pill spot mm-hmm. in a lot of people's minds for a lot of different reasons. And like looking back at some of my own threesome experiences in my like early to mid 20s, I can see now that a lot of those situations, I thought that offering or setting up a threesome would be a way for me to like look cooler and hotter and mm-hmm. sexier and more open minded in the eyes of like usually one particular person who I was trying to make feel that way about me right and I was like "Ooh, if I'm like the hottest funnest sexiest girl in the room to the point of like being willing to set up this fantasy for this person then they're gonna Mm -hmm. like fall in love with me or think that I'm the best or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh I often paid pretty little attention to like how was I actually feeling internally about that actually happening like how was that gonna make me feel and yeah I think that's like a huge part of the reason I haven't like done as much group sex in the past several years is like I kind of realized how often it was a concession I was making in the hopes of attaining something else and Mm -hmm. I think that if I ever have group sex again it'll have to be because like I want to have group sex like and I can see that happening um but I think a lot of people jump to wanting to have a threesome or group sex because of what they think it will bring to them or to their relationship. And you might want to think a little harder about like, will that actually achieve that effect? And like, is that actually the best way to go about that? Right. Well, this this is actually a really great segue into my next question, because one of the folks in the Discord asked, um, is there a way to predict when it's going to be a good idea, like better or more fun than having sex with just one other person to involve a third or more? That's a really good question. And I would say in general, like just with sex in general, you often can't predict exactly how it's going to go, especially with people you don't know as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think like, one thing that we've talked about a bunch before is this idea of like ruining the mood or ruining the moment by Mm -hmm. slowing down, negotiating, maybe even saying not tonight, but maybe we'll reconvene in in a week or two or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people get wrapped up in the sort of like in the moment excitement of the possibility of group sex and then don't take the time to think through like, well, how am I going to feel about this emotionally in the morning? And have we had our safer sex chat? And Is this going to make things awkward in X, Y, Z situations? And so for me, if I'm at all worried that I might regret a group sex situation, I would say just like, wait, you can probably uh, just do it later on. I know that there are extenuating circumstances, like if you're traveling or if you're at an event or something and you won't be physically together for very long. Um, But even in that case, like if it's a conference or something where you're going every year, maybe it's just like, this is not the year. We have not sufficiently ironed out our negotiation or uh, we're not, you know, in a good enough place emotionally or mental health wise. Uh, Yeah. I think with sex, especially a lot of people want to jump to like, well, we have to do it now because this is when the moment of urgency feels like it is. But 
you know, take a breath. It is not probably as high stakes as you think it is. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on the like, take a breath front and like check in with yourself. Um, I would, as a person who knows we both have anxiety disorders and many of our listeners do, I would gently push back on the like, if you have any concerns about this, maybe wait, because like, (laughs) we will be concerned forever. Yeah, it's true. Um, It's hard to tell. (laughs) Right. So I think like, that is a helpful starting point. But the other, like, the follow-up question I would ask myself is, uh, I would ask myself questions about, like, how will I expect my partner to feel about this situation? Um, how will I know my partner is, like, I, like having a great time? What does my partner want to do this? What might it look like? Like, I would run through, like, what could this threesome look like in my head, right? And and what do I know about this scenario, right? I, I would take that minute to do that. And yeah. then I would ask myself how many of the answers I gave myself were guesses and how many of them <laughs> were things that my partner has said to me in conversations that we've had. Mm. Um because if I can answer a lot of those questions with like quotes, like not direct, but like memories yeah. and conversations I've had with my partner, mm-hmm. we've probably done a lot of the things we need to do to maybe make this work, right? Like we have probably had several conversations about what this might feel like. And like if I can think about what will after the threesome look like, the like 15 minutes we're laying in bed and also tomorrow morning. When mm-hmm. I talk to these people, like if I can imagine that and base that on things I know about the people I'm talking about, mm-hmm. um, I think those are all probably good signs that like, even if you're nervous, but you still kind of want to do it, like, seems like you set yourself up the best you can. That doesn't mean it's going to go great. But like, I think that's probably a better sign than like you're sitting there and you're like no we've never broached this topic but we're a little tipsy and this hot person is making out with both of us so like let's take our pants off it'll be great Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i would also be more willing to have sort of an impulsive or impromptu group sex situation with people who i knew had done group sex before Mm -hmm. uh and i don't want to be like biased against quote-unquote virgins or whatever but like i want you to know sorry i do need to interrupt you briefly (laughs) because you said biased which is a word but i need you to know i heard it like by asked (laughs) no uh ist as in an ism like i i'm not trying to be like (laughs) biased right now like not trying to be racist yeah exactly yeah no, but anyway, sorry, carry on. I was listening to the sense. I was like, ooh, we're going to get a spicy biphobic take. Interesting. No, 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 no. Nope, it's just an English word. You'll never but get I a biphobic know. take from me unless it's internalized, which is sad. But um, <laughs> anyway, carry on. No, I was just going to say, you know that thing that people talk about that's like the quote unquote gay virgin effect where like the first mm. time that you have sex with someone of your same gender or you realize you're queer with a particular experience, sometimes you'll become like very emotionally attached to that person because mm-hmm. there is a sense. And I think that this happens with like people trying out new kinks that they've been thinking about for a while too. Like yeah, you, you develop this attachment that can feel like this has never happened to me before. Therefore it can never happen again, except with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to cling on to them and, and they're very special. And yeah, they might be very special, but like I do think a similar thing happens with group sex where like if you haven't done it before, especially if you have a good experience, you might 
feel a stronger sense of attachment than maybe other folks are looking for. Or also, it just has a higher capacity to go wrong because you haven't encountered these emotional situations before. So there's a right. higher likelihood of, of you know, alarms ringing um, in various and ways. And frankly, I think if three or more people are doing a thing, it's pretty much always easier to do that thing if most of them have done it before. Yep. Like, I would keep your new to the threesome ratio to one, maybe two, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a couple coming in together for the first time, sure. But, like, they, if you can avoid it, you don't need all three of you to be doing this for the first time. The more people <laughs> who can predict what this will feel like for them in their body, the the easier this is going to be, the less variables you're working with. Um, yeah, uh, and, but- and I want to emphasize again, like, I'm not saying – Nobody who's had group sex before should ever have it because there'll be a mess and there'll be impossible to have a good time with. Like, I just think, yeah, tread carefully with this. And if people are new to it, I would want to wait longer and make sure that you kind of get all your ducks in a row in terms of emotions and negotiation before you do it. Yeah. This brings me into another like kind of extension to this question that I was thinking about. Um, because earlier we were talking about like how do you find someone for a threesome, which is always the question I get asked, which kind of assumes that like whoever you find, if they're down, you fucking grab them and go. Like, <laughs> I got one. But you know, which is not like doesn't actually consider um compatibility and rapport and if they are a good candidate for having a threesome with you like simply their desire to have a threesome with you maybe doesn't make them the best person to join your bed so like i'm curious how do you vet someone to for group sex like what kind of things do you look for i am always a fan of asking about folks past experience with whatever we're talking about and i know that like for some Mm -hmm. people this can be an issue like can raise like jealousy feelings or inadequacy mm-hmm. feelings or what have you. But like whether it's kink or group sex or or pretty much anything, I am always interested to hear like, well, what did you enjoy about that when you did it before? Or like what were some of your mm-hmm. favorite memories from doing that? How did it go particularly well for you? Mm-hmm. What are some things you definitely would not want to do again? Um, because you're going to glean a lot of very interesting information from that. Like, If I was in a situation where I wanted to have a threesome with my partner and someone who was going to co-top me or co-dom me with my partner, Mm -hmm. I want to hear from that potential person that they have either done that before or like wanted to do that before. What Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear is somebody being like, oh, this person who I was trying to threesome with like kept trying to, you know, co-top with me and it made me feel really like emasculated (laughs) or it made me feel like. I wasn't able to be the only Dom in the room and that's what I wanted or whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. you can listen for details that either line up or don't with what you're Mm -hmm. looking for. Um, And you can also think about and discuss with your partner, if you have one, like your own ideal scenario and things that you would definitely not want. Yeah. I think that's all really great. Like, I think a lot of this is vetting, partners for compatibility in general, right? Would this be a fun person to fuck? Um, Mm -hmm. I think something, a question I would ask yourself uh, is what kind of experience you're trying to have here, right? Um, 
is this someone that like, I don't know if this goes well, maybe you repeat performances, right? Is this someone that like, you want to try this and then you want them to disappear again back into the ether and not just show up in the middle of your sex life, right? Because like, I mean, you may want a sex worker for that. You may also want just someone who is very loudly into unicorning and, Mm -hmm. you know, having fun doing that and just hooking up for one night stands, whatever. Um, Because those people exist too. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are looking like alternatively, if you are looking like within your friend group for people you know and people you are close to, um, I would look for like – you know, first of all, I'd just talk through with you and your partner. How do you feel about this person? How do you feel about this, right? Like if you have feelings around it, right? Um, things that might get hairy is if like one partner has a closer relationship with one of the, with the person you're talking to than the other, right? Mm-hmm. Or a more sexual relationship than the other. Um, that might be fine, right? Um, or that might be weird and jealousy inducing so like i'd talk through that um i'd also look at your experience navigating weird awkward moments with this this person you're talking about right if you were talking about someone that you are going to encounter again in the future that can't disappear into the ether um even a friend of a friend or a coworker, or you know someone who lives in your building like whatever right um someone who is going to be present in your life i would look for examples of uh times where you've had vulnerable conversations um times where you've felt awkward in front of them how did that feel how did that go Mm -hmm. um because those are all things that are probably possibly going to happen um and if you're like yeah we'll just like laugh it off or whatever like great if like the thought of it being weird and awkward around that person like you're like no what what that's that's the kind of person you're looking for right or the person who you're like you know oh if i had a feeling i would simply tell them i had a feeling and then we would talk for a while and we'd be chill like that's fine. Yeah. You know, like if you have that kind of confidence that you can do that, those are great. Um, people where you're like, no, I couldn't possibly have that conversation with them. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see them like once a week for like the next couple of years as long as I work at this job or whatever. Like that, probably not a great candidate. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hooking up with coworkers in particular, very uncomfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. Same. <laughs> So we we uh, we were uh, talking about this a little bit in um, how we vet people, but like once we've broached the topic of group sex with a partner, um, what kind of like what does the negotiation look like if like three or more people have decided like yo we all gonna fuck? <laughs> Are there any like questions that come to mind? Things that you like to ask in advance? Um, things like that. I like to do a lot of solo emotional work before making a decision like this. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, I think, comes from being a person with anxiety is I'm just very used to like playing out situations in my head and just seeing how I feel about them. Because mm-hmm. there is a big difference between being like, huh, yeah, I think I'd be okay with a threesome. And then like actually sitting down and imagining everything that will be involved in that and just noticing Mm because often the things that make me feel weird are not the things that I might have thought would make me feel weird and that is just a quirk of the human brain um Mm. do you have any examples you can think of of that things that made you feel weird yeah I mean one of them that I realized 
when my partner and I were at one point talking about maybe having a threesome, this is years ago. I don't even remember who we were talking about this with, but um, I realized that I wanted them to only come in an orifice Mm. of mine and not Mm. in the other person's orifices. And kind of like on paper, before I examined that, I would have been like, well, why would that matter? Because like, we're all probably going to have orgasms at various points and in various places. Like, why would it matter? But when I actually kind of played through it in my head and we we even did like some dirty talking about it and imagining Mm -hmm. it together, like kind of co-fantasizing, which I like to do for this kind of thing too, I -hmm. realized like that would bring up a feeling for me that I don't really want to feel. And it, it might be the type of feeling that tips me over into almost like a triggered space where I have almost like a shame response, which is really, really not what I want to happen. Right. Not particularly helpful. Yeah. So if you are able to work through that in the form of either visualizing or like even writing it out um, or talking through it with your partner, and that can be in kind of like an everyday conversation way, or it can be more of like a dirty talk way. Although I will Mm -hmm. say that is a little emotionally riskier sometimes. Like you have to trust Mm -hmm. that you have the type of partner who like, if you do get a little triggered or upset during a dirty talk, sesh that they're going to be totally fine to like take care of you or like listen to you or give you space that you need or whatever Mm -hmm. um yeah I think when I'm having these conversations first of all I like to start them Mm one-on-one um so if I'm like feeling out the idea of a threesome typically I will like let one like if one person gets up to go to the bathroom or something I will talk to one and then have an opportunity to be alone with the other whether it is a text message or whatever you know whether if this is the course of over the course of an evening or over the course of a couple of weeks where we're planning a thing whatever right mm-hmm. but I have a minute here or there to check in with someone like hey how are you feeling right I'm rarely going to pose the idea of a threesome in front of both people yeah like I like to give someone a chance to opt out before you know whatever yeah um that's really good consent practice in general i think is like yeah making it as low stakes as possible for someone to say actually no and i totally agree with you like even when i've been at parties where there was a good chance like we could do this threesome tonight um even if i had individually already spoken to both of those people and they'd been like yeah i've I've been open to that um I would still want to take them aside individually at some point over the course of that night and be like, so do you still want that? And second question, do you want that tonight? Can I go ahead right. with that tonight? Should um, I, can I go ahead with that? Can I go ahead with that order we spoke about? The, the- yeah, because I think that that's actually a really important point when it comes yeah. to consent in general is like sort of timeline. Um, mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of situations where I might be like, Yeah, sometime in the future. But if someone says, well, what about tonight? I may be like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Probably not. Like, you know, a lot of things can affect your your willingness to do it on a particular night. Oh, absolutely. Um, But once I do get like, and once I get the okay from both of those people, I do try to bring it into more of a group conversation because you don't Mm want to wind up as like the center of a V for all of the negotiation because then you're playing a game of telephone, right? Especially the more people you add to the situation. Um, And if they're not comfy talking to each other, they're not going to be that comfy during the actual sex. Exactly. So once I get the buy-in from however many people are going to be a part of this group thing, then I bring them all into like a group conversation. And in that conversation, I talk about, you know, the important stuff for any sex thing, like limits and preferences and um, 
all those sorts of things. Um, I might also ask uh, my favorite question that I use for a lot of situations, but could be particularly helpful here is like, what do you look like when you're having a good time? And what do you look Mm -hmm. like when you're having a bad time? Mm -hmm. Um, So like we can recognize like similarly or in addition to that, you might ask if this is a new thing for several people in the group, you might ask like, is there something you're nervous about happening Mm. during this? It's a really good question. Yeah. Because if there's someone who's like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to be ignored and sitting in the corner, right? That's going to be different from someone who during that pre-conversation is like, I'm really excited to voyeur. Because that can look the same from the outside, right? Sitting on one side of the bed watching, but asking like, what do you look like when you're having a good time? What things are you looking forward to happening? What things are you afraid might happen? What would feel bad for you? Um, You now have a lot more context for what this person is doing when they're just kind of sitting off to the side of the group watching everyone. Yeah, I love that question of of what are you afraid might happen because in my experience, like even if you think you know someone pretty well as like a friend, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily know what their deep sexual anxieties are because a lot of times those relate to shit that happened to them when they were way younger, whether that be mm-hmm. like feeling sexually rejected in high school or whatever the fuck. So to ask that question, you are going to learn about that person and you're going to learn stuff that you wouldn't have uh, necessarily known until it became a huge problem in the actual moment. And yeah, it's good shit to know. Right. And on that point, like, I think that is a pretty common fear for folks with threesomes. Like, I think the the go-to is, oh, I'm going to be the one that's ignored, right? Y'all are just going to start fucking and I, you know, three's an odd number, right? Yeah. And this is... This was a question that we got in the Discord. Someone said, uh, particularly with threesomes, but how do you keep everyone feeling included, especially during times where like the focus is on one person penetrating another? Or is the answer we just avoid penetration like that during threesomes? Like we just avoid situations where all the focus is on one person. I think it's good to have conversations about this beforehand because what will be the solution for one person feeling left out will be different depending on who that person is. Like, are Mm -hmm. they going to feel like an afterthought if you say, oh, you're left out, come sit on my face? Or is that going to make them feel great? If they're feeling left out, are they going to want to receive in that moment to feel like more like the center of attention? Or is it going to make them feel better to sort of join in the effort of like topping or like giving sensations? And maybe it's, Mm -hmm. you know, either or both depending on the situation. But I think a lot of people do kind of have one preference between those two things that makes them feel more included and more desired. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think it can be cool to have sort of a safe word, but that specifically means like, hey, I'm feeling a little left out over here. Can we include me a little more? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, even if you start to get upset from feeling left out, you might not want to like actually say for it like yellow or red because that's Mm -hmm. probably just going to draw more attention to the fact that you're feeling bad. And for me, at least that would kind of like not achieve what I was looking for Mm -hmm. in feeling kind of left out in that moment. I would probably just want a word or phrase that means like, hi, hello, I'm still here. I would like to be given a task or given something to Mm -hmm. do or invited back into the fold somehow. And hopefully you're doing this with people who are nice and are not going to be dicks about that. Yeah, the thing that's coming to mind for me as you're saying that is like, 
especially if you were in a situation where you were closer to one person in the group than the other, like if you're going into this threesome in a couple and and bringing someone else in or something, uh, you could talk to your partner or the person you feel closer to um, about having, even if it's not a verbal signal, um, you know, touching a part of their body you don't typically, right? Like running your finger along their ear or something, something that could look like an affection, but feels distinct as like a like hey babe you're getting distracted and i'm still here did you remember that hello right Mm -hmm. um as a way to do that without necessarily alerting the third person Mm -hmm. um be if like and that's the kind of thing you could set up if you know yourself and your partner like going into this situation and you're like, no, there's a chit, like I am prone to feeling left out, right? You are prone to being distracted by something shiny, right? That is a situation that may not end well for us. Yeah. That brought up for me one thing that I think is really powerful when you're threesoming with uh, someone you're already partnered with or already had a lot of sex with and an mm-hmm. additional person is that the two people who who have had a lot of sex with each other already like have a greater sense of each other's bodies and of like the little tricks that work great. And so mm-hmm. I think if you are one of the like romantic partners and you're feeling kind of left out, I can imagine for me it would really help regain a sense of like confidence and competence if I was able to step in and like do that one little magical thing that I know my partner really loves that will like send them Mm -hmm. over the edge or like make it really great for them whether it be like sitting on their face or cupping their balls or like stroking that one spot on their ear or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, and I think even if the other two people in this situation like might not even notice that all that much like that might be good for me to feel that sense of like oh yeah I know how to do this and this other person doesn't necessarily and so I'm I'm bringing something to the table that is unique here yeah and I think honestly like I think one of the things that's probably most helpful with um this like fear of feeling left out is early on explicitly addressing in like your conversations with each other um that like This is one of those fears that everyone's like, I'm like really afraid that like at one point going into a three, like in the threesome, the the, the attention is going to be like lopsided. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, because it is. It definitely is. Like at several points, many, many times throughout the whole, you're three people, it's going to be lopsided. Like, so I think what's more, what I find helpful, right, is being the like, is making that kind of explicit up front and having that conversation with all the people being involved and being like, Mm -hmm. no, no, sometimes the focus will be like, it's going to ebb and flow and not how are we going to make sure you never feel left out, but more like, what are you going to do when you look down and realize you you don't, no one's touching you. You're not touching someone like what, Yeah, you know, and I've heard often the advice is if you find yourself in a group sex and don't know what to do, you put your mouth on something. Yeah. Um, great advice great advice um (laughs) find something nearby and put your mouth on it which really works um but yeah if you have had the like you know (sighs) there is a difference between the moment of looking around and going oh they're really absorbed in the thing they're doing to each other for a second versus like hey they've been really absorbed for uh 10 of the 20 minutes of this threesome um Mm -hmm. hello like yeah and i think 
having a plan for what you will do in that latter scenario is helpful, but also accepting that the former scenario is going to happen a lot and having a plan mm-hmm. for like how that won't bother you. Um, and it's mm-hmm. probably a different plan, right? Is, mm-hmm. is helpful. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sort of reminds me of when I go to shows by myself and I sometimes have the anxiety on my way in of like, well, what do I do if I'm just like sitting there and people are looking around and seeing that I'm here by myself and they're going to judge me. They're going to think I'm a loser. So I always have something that I can do, whether it be like I brought a book with me or like I'm just Mm -hmm. like I'm going to scroll through Twitter on my phone. Um, occasionally, depending on how uncomfortable I am, sometimes it's, I'm going to pretend to be on a phone call with a friend. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So it's good to have those things in your mind for this sexual situation as well. Are you going to grab your wand vibe and use it on yourself while watching them? Yeah. Are you going to try to sit on somebody's face? I'm really bringing that up a lot. That's like <laughs> one of my main I'm here images. For That's what I filmed this stuff. morning. It's fine. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, like have your thing in mind that you're going to do because I think a lot of people who have anxiety, part of the anxiety arises from in that moment, you forget all the options that are available to you. Mm -hmm. You're like, I can't even think of one thing that would make me feel better right now. So if you have like a couple on hand that you know you can definitely do, then that's good. Yeah. I'm curious if you also have any thoughts um, for... We talked a little bit about negotiation, like before the. Th- well, we've talked quite a bit actually about like the conversations that are worth having before the threesome, and a little bit about the stuff we talk about after. Um, but I'm curious if you have any advice for in the moment negotiation with larger groups of people, like speaking up about needing something adjusted or wanting to do something differently when there's several folks in the room. I really like to agree on a uh, stoplight safe word system i just think it's like the simplest and one that the highest number of people are likely to already be familiar with and even if they're Mm -hmm. not you can explain it so quickly red means stop right now yellow means slow down or check in something's up and green means everything's fine and i love this Mm -hmm. both because it's very simple to say it if you are feeling the need to say word but also it's so easy to check in my partner just always Mm -hmm. says what color are you and i like that you can actually drill down and be a bit more specific about it sometimes too where like I don't know maybe during a threesome you're doing some like light cuckolding dirty talk because that's been negotiated but you're not sure if you're like pushing it too far so you could say something like what color are you on the cuckolding dirty talk like very specifically mm-hmm. and hear mm-hmm. their answer on that and you know if it was me because I'm a nervous person I would follow that up with and what color are you generally um, right. and I just think that that's great and like the very act of setting up that system in advance also helps establish to the group this is a group where we care about each other's comfort levels where we want to Mm -hmm. be in open communication about this kind of thing and genuinely it matters to us if you are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. Uh, I think even just setting that baseline can make a huge difference yeah absolutely and I think part of Part of the reason I, I wanted to talk about this is because I feel like it can be particularly nerve Like, each person you add to the situation, it feels like makes it a little bit harder to speak up sometimes, at least for me, because you're like, oh, I am burdening all of these people with whatever information I need to share or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in my experience, the scenarios in which I have to stop everything to update someone mm-hmm. or to update the group are like, vanishingly small 
Um, yeah. Like if you're planning a gangbang or something where all the focus is going to be on one person and lots of people are going to be doing things to one person, mm-hmm. I would probably tap someone as um, kind of the person the, the, the person who's going to be in charge of negotiation and discussion. Like this is the person – we're all going to talk about what this person's limits are or whatever. But this is the person who has been talking to them for a week and a half about their limits. And this is the mm-hmm. person who is going to be watching everyone else playing and communicating with them. And this is the person who is going to be like catching the bottom's eyes regularly um, mm-hmm. So that if the bottom does need to stop like a very specific situation like that, they can they know they have this person that they can get their attention really quickly, and that person can figure out who else needs to move where and and make it work right. Mm-hmm. If we're talking like a group sex situation where it's a threesome, foursomes, or more, where like everyone is kind of all playing with each other, generally, if I need to like a little to the left, or oh my legs cramping, or can we move this way a little bit. Um, that's still just a one-on-one conversation with the person who needs to move a little bit or the person who needs to lick me differently or the person who like, whatever, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so I will lean to that person and talk to the, like, connect with them and share that information in the way I would in any other scenario. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that has a domino effect where they move a little bit. So the next person needs to move a little bit. So they need to lean over to this other person. I'm not letting myself get caught up in all of that, in all of the, well, if I tell them, then this will happen, then this will, no, that person can hear, I need you to move a little to the left, and then they will handle whatever they need to handle to move a little to the left. to knock over your one domino. Exactly. Like, my whole job is to make sure I'm having a good time, because I can't predict whatever they're going to need to be, (laughs) and, like, my ADHD brain will get caught in the, well, if I ask them to move, then they'll have to do this other thing, and this other thing, and then, and, 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 and it'll never make the decision. Yeah. So, I think, like, Maybe I'm only talking to myself here, but I think it's helpful to keep in mind that in like these group sex scenarios, yes, the group uh, dynamic that you are creating is a thing that you are all building together, but it is made up of a bunch of smaller dynamics and a mm-hmm. bunch of individual couple dynamics between two people in those in yeah. that group, you know? Yep. Yep. We got a few listener questions that are related to play parties specifically and like logistics of planning a play party. And I'm going to refer you actually to a two-part episode that we did earlier this year. Uh, Episode number 282, It's My Party and I'll I'll Squirt If I Want To. That's a great title. Congrats to me for being so smart and funny. Um, It's fantastic. I might (laughs) steal it for the porn I'm making uh, tomorrow for my birthday party. Yes. And uh, episode 283, Life of the Party. Uh, Those are both about play parties and they have info on like icebreakers and handling conflicts, communication, uh, what kind of food to serve, all that kind of stuff. So I would suggest that if you're working on planning a sex party. We're clever on occasion. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dildorks. I've been Kate Sloan. I have a blog at girlyjuice.net. I have a weekly newsletter at katesloan.email. My two books are called 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do and 200 Words to Help You Talk About Sexuality and Gender. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Where is your stuff? 
I'm Bex. You can find all my writing at BexTalkSex.com, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BexTalkSex. I'm also incredibly naked on the internet as Billy Lore, so if you head over to Billy Lore on Twitter or Billy Lore underscore on Instagram, you can find me there. Uh, I'm, I've got all the links you need to throw money at me and see the rest of my porn there. Um, I'm real good at telling you how to pay me. Don't you worry about that. I've got some really fun stuff coming out over the next few weeks. I just dropped a blowjob video that I like quite like, uh, and I have like an outdoor squirt. In the next couple of weeks, I have an outdoor squirting clip, a birthday <laughs> squirting clip where I am going to squirt on the cake that is sitting on the counter in front of me. I want to eat it so bad. I can't. I must come <laughs> on it first. Um, and I'm going to come on my boyfriend's face. And those are all coming out in the next like month or so. Um, so if you like me squirting and also just me naked, um, go to the internet. It exists there. Uh, can I offer a joke that I think you should use in the porn description if you're not already? Yes. Something yes. about you want to have your cake and squirt on it too? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, together with the Dildorks, you can find us at thedildorks.com and at Twitter and Instagram at thedildorks. Uh, we're also at patreon.com slash thedildorks where you can throw some money at us, join us in that Discord where we chat about all kinds of things. Um, and that's at $6 a month gets you access to that Discord. And then for $12 a month, you get access to our Patreon-only bonus episodes, where I will, frankly, probably talk about coming on a cake, as well as all the other shenanigans <laughs> that I'm getting up to at camp later this week. Oh, God, it's later this week. I'm so not ready to go. It's fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> if you're going to be at camp uh, and you listen to this, come say hi. You're probably pretty neat, and I probably want to see your face. <laughs> I have in front of me the list of topics that we talked about in the most recent bonus episode, if, if I, I can tempt y'all a little bit. Uh, yes. Some of those included planning a scene at kink camp, fucking a fan, F-Boy Island, the reality show, which I just oh, finished. You tweeted about the ending and you have to tell me because I'm never going to watch it. But like, I will tell show. you after after we wrap. Yes. yes. Um, there was a, a story about yelling at a misgenderer. Uh, we uh-huh. talked about scammer payback videos and why they're hot. Uh, it was a really interesting and weird episode. And that is at the $12 level on our Patreon. Um, you were done, right? I can move on to the I'm next. Done. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also want to shout out our top tier Patreon supporters who we thank every week. Thank you to Nat, Amelia, Argo, MB, and Stavitha Christie. We really appreciate the support. Thank you also to Protodome, who did our theme song. He is at protodome.bandcamp.com. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. She is at starboots underscore on Twitter. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Can I go pee before you answer? Yeah, sure. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Shall return. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate you. I almost died. Okay. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, If a straight people, if a (laughs) if a straight marriage is, (laughs) I can't talk today. Um, Oh, also, Mm -hmm. um, last night I ordered 
uh, as I sometimes do, a half dozen cookies from Craig's Cookies, which is like this local Great. like gay um, cookie maker here. And for some reason, instead of sending me six cookies, they sent me 18, like a oh giant box in addition to the regular <laughs> small box. And there was no explanation or note or anything. It didn't seem like it was accidentally someone else's order because it was in the bag with my receipt on it. <laughs> so I was like, did they just have like extra cookies that night? And I'm like a right. regular customer or like, I, no idea. I have so many cookies now. That's amazing though. Love yeah. that for you. Yeah. I just have a bunch of extra cupcakes because the cake pans I use for the cake that I'm going to come on for my birthday are uh, <laughs> smaller than the recipe called for. So I have cupcakes. Also, You're going to squirt on cupcakes. It's so amazing. Well, no, I'm going to squirt on the cake. I'm going to eat the cake at two, but I'm going to eat the cupcakes just like now because I have no willpower. Oh, I and see. And then I'm going to squirt on the cake once I decorate it and stuff. And I got a rocket ship balloon. That's cute. Yeah. I've only done cake sitting. I've never done cake squirting. Yeah. I look forward to hearing about it on the next bonus episode. Yeah, it should be fun. <laughs> we'll, we will see. I I sent Ash to the grocery store to get um, butter because we were out and they only had salted butter and I usually bake with unsalted butter so I can, you know, whatever. And they're like, is it, how much is it going to change the cake? Is it going to be okay? And I'm like, it's, It'll it'll be a little salty, but I, I'm gonna come on it. So like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, yes, really. Already accepted that there's gonna be a little extra salt on this cake. Like it's okay. <laughs> it's not gonna be a culinary masterwork because it's not meant to. <laughs> Right, I'm literally like, I keep looking at it in the oven, and I'm like, oh, this is this is a really rough bake. These are not great. I'm like, I'm going to come on them. <laughs> I'm going to come on them and, like, take three scoops with a fork, looking really cute, and be like, ha-ha, and put it on the internet, and that's it. Like, I think yeah. it's fine if they are not perfect. You're not like going to have, uh, your viewership is not going to include, like, Paul Hollywood being like, hmm. right. I don't know right. about about that crumb. <laughs> but you do notice this rant is happening at Virgo season about a birthday cake. So uh, <laughs> it does need to be perfect, in fact, actually. <laughs> yes. Well, whatever brings you satisfaction of any kind, I'm all mm-hmm. for. Appreciate you. <laughs> Sorry, this is just, no. I don't know if I'm going to include this on the show, but like the one time that I was being like really courted by a couple like this, the guy was outed as having been... Um, doxing people on 4chan like while this was going on and so like i had been about to maybe hook up with this couple and then this happened and i think i remember that yeah i was like no bonkers yeah no (laughs) no thing just slowly back that's like simpsons gift back into the fucking hedges (laughs) 